We're back for another episode of the Capes and Tights podcast right here on capesandtights.com. I'm your host, Justin Soderberg. This episode, we're welcoming author Jay Bonansinga to the podcast to discuss his eight Walking Dead novels. He co-wrote the first four with Robert Kirkman, co-creator of The Walking Dead, and the last four with the permission of co-creator Robert Kirkman of The Walking Dead with his own story uh, that was uh, you know, derived from the original four and so on and so on. Uh, Jay Bonasing is also the author of The Black Mariah, Lucid, Self-Storage, as well as Stanley's The Devil's Quintet, The Armageddon Game, and The Devil or The Shadow Society, which comes out May 9th of 2023. But we talked to The Walking Dead, we talked to The Walking Dead Universe, his books, the comics, the TV show, Stanley's the Devil's Quintet, and so much more on this episode. So enjoy listening to it. But before you do, check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, as well as Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Five-star reviews would be welcome. Thank you very much, everybody, for the support you've already given us. This is episode 93 featuring Jay Bonansinga of the Walking Dead novel series. He co-wrote, mostly co-wrote, with Robert Kirkman of The Walking Dead. Enjoy, everyone. Welcome, Jay. How are you? Thank you. I'm I'm great. I'm I'm happy to be here. I'm glad wow. to be here. I feel like I'm late to the boat. I mentioned before we started recording that I kind of stumbled upon your Walking Dead books well after. I would say well after. In the middle of it, uh, and, and it was pretty sad that I didn't have that. I said trying to put some guests together on the podcast, looking forward. And I'm like, you know what? I really want to talk to Jay about these books. So I said, we're a little late to get game about these books because they obviously stopped. You, your last one came out in 2017. However, we will touch on some of the stuff that you're working on currently. I do have some of that on my little notes here too. Cool. But I think The Walking Dead is a big fan. I'm a big fan of The Walking Dead. So uh, I'm guessing you are too because you wrote some of the books. <laughs> I mean, I have this fantasy. This, this is uh, apropos of nothing really, but I have this fantasy that, you know, after I'm long gone um, and, you know, uh, uh, my books are out there, you know, in yard sales, like you were saying. <laughs> and, and, but my fantasy is like, maybe this, I don't know how this sounds, but like somewhere in some little cabin and some, you know, mountainous resort town. Somebody's on vacation and they they stumble upon a little bookshelf and, you know, they, they pull out one of my books and they go, oh, this looks interesting. Um, and they sit on a chase lounge, you know, <laughs> with a doobie and a cocktail <laughs> and they just get carried away by one of my books. And I'm, you know, it's, I, you know, I, maybe it's every author's dream that they live on you know, <laughs> after they die, I I just don't want to come back as a zombie. That's the only thing. That, that's that's yeah. my only request <laughs> from the universe. Well, see, so <laughs> it, it's like I said, you're you're an author, obviously, of 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 many novels, but the Walking Dead series seems to have um, at least shine light on my. I, I speaking on personal opinion here, a personal uh, you know life story is that I learned about your uh, your books through the Walking Dead. Uh, novel series you did with with the first four with were with Robert Kirkman himself he co-wrote them with you is that correct yes, yes. and then the last four you did on your own obviously with his approval but like yeah uh, yeah did you uh, just quickly on that sense did you have to like send him stuff for him to read before you were allowed to publish it or someone else or how did that work for the last four um well that's a great question because you know Robert 
and Skybound, his company, yeah. um, which essentially you know owns the Walking Dead intellectual property, um, you know they 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 were sort of they played the role of a publisher, even exactly. though we had a publisher, <clears throat> Thomas Dunn Books, a great publisher, um, and a great um, editor there named Brendan Nanine. And so Brendan did the traditional work of, of an editor at, at a major publishing house. You know, he, he would go through and do the line edit and, but Robert Kirkman, Robert Kirkman was the, was the big gorilla in the room always. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, he was a great guy. And I remember when we first started working, he's like, why don't you send me a chunk, like 50 pages and I'll see how you're doing. And I, okay, I'm like, okay, cool. So I sent him a ch first chunk of 50 pages. This is on very first book, Rise of the Governor, which is actually probably one of the best books I ever wrote. It's, I'm so proud of that one. It won awards. Everybody yeah. refers to it. You know, um, David Morrissey, the guy that played the governor in the TV series, used it as his, you know, Bible to create his character. It was just, it was just the greatest experience. So I sent him a 50 page chunk. And, he, and he's like, his only comment is, um, yeah, you have on page 17 that he, this guy's got a tattoo and uh, there's there's no tattoo on this guy in the comic. And he's he goes, you know, he's shirtless in one panel uh, and there's no tattoo. And I'm like, <laughs> OK, what else? Easy at it. Because that's it. I'm like, that's it. Yeah, that's it why don't you send me hundred page chunks? <laughs> so then I send him a hundred page chunk after that. And he reads that and he just goes, why don't you just finish the book and then send me the whole thing. And I could tell, you know, he, he liked what I was doing and it, it just, we hit the ground running like that. We, we wrote eight books like that, you mm -hmm. know? And like you said, the first four, he would give me like maybe a 10, 12 page outline. That That was it. And it was very similar to, his comic book scripts he because he you know i got a lot of his comic book scripts just you know for research and stuff and that's how he that's how he wrote comic books he was very informal almost like a film director yeah. and he would say you know you guys let's start out with a splash page of michonne you know it would be like uh you know uh, you know uh, we did on issue number 39 uh but now she's dressed up you know like a pirate mm -hmm. you know and, and and i'm sure you guys will come up with something great you see that's how he would give me notes on, you know, the, the plots of his, of the books that he wanted me to write after a while, after four books, he trusted me to just come up with the stories. He said, the, the, the thing about the final four books I wrote, I wrote eight books in seven years, but he, he said, I think, you know, the only thing I ask in these, these, this next set of four books is that you write about Woodbury. That's the only, that's my only request, he said, because I think the fans are going to wonder what happened in Woodbury after they moved on, after mm -hmm. the main group of characters moved on, what happened in Woodbury? And that, so that was probably the, the, the most amazing uh, time of my career because I was, what I was come up, what I was coming up with was canon, you know, and so I would come up with new characters he would, you know, he and his editors would not look at it till it was done. And, uh, you know, it was just such a great working relationship, you know. And and I said Robert, to Robert Kirkman one time, like, you know, you have this reputation for being, you know, difficult, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, uh, you know, 
the subtitle under that says dick uh, yes <laughs> and and, he, and i said i find that you're like a pussycat you're like, <laughs> you're like easy going and everything and he goes well i would be a dick if you weren't doing what i so any you know if you weren't doing something that i liked you would find that i would be a dick <laughs> so you know he's he's a very cool guy he's he, he, you know but he, he's he's the master of that domain man he he you know every time that they would lose a a, a showrunner on the series i would go don't worry there's really only one big showrunner <laughs> in the sky it's robert kirkman and it's his baby and he knows where it's going and you know that's anyway. that's a, that's amazing i love how you said the uh the script thing because in the back of these the walking dead deluxe the re, re, reissuing all of the Walking Dead comic books in this right, format, the Walking right. Dead Deluxe. I have all the issues 27, which is the first appearance of uh, the governor, yeah. which I also have the first one. But like this, the cool thing they did in the back of these things were these these cutting room floor things. It's hard for people who are listening, not yeah. watching. But it's a, it's just basically this page of notes on, you know, it says like Rick uh, wants to follow them and panel one and so on yeah. and so forth. So it's kind of funny how he just basically wrote more Pat notice and then panel 14 mail more or page 14 more pat notice and then page yeah. 15 more pat notice <laughs> right right that's how i mean it, it was fascinating to read his scripts because they were they were sort of straight from his brain into the panel you know the the, yeah. the artists the artists knew how to just like go boom it, you know exactly what he's asking for but it, a lot of times it was very you know intuitive and everything you know i've found that's what i've found over the years it's like the great artists of our of our time are intuitive they just follow their gut they don't you know they don't care mm -hmm. what you know the zeitgeist says or what an, a, anybody says that they, they just follow their gut um and you know kirkman had his his gut he was a born storyteller he is a born storyteller mm -hmm. i think you know he always knows when to me, this is my own interpretation. He he always knows when you know a fan, a reader, you know a viewer has become bored with a certain storyline, you know, because it, it every time you can go through the hundreds of comics, and every time it's you know we're we're getting a little used to Negan, mm -hmm. we're we're getting used to him, you know. We could use you know a new you turn the page. And the zombies are talking to each other. And you're like, wait, what? You know, <laughs> and it's perfect. It's just, it grabs the reader. They, they And it's, that's the final cliffhanger of a, of an issue. Yeah. Boom. You're into the next, you know, it's, it, it's, it, it was just a fascinating, um, I've worked with some greats. I've worked with Romero, George mm -hmm. Romero. And these are my mentors, man. I learned so much from these people, uh, but Kirkman, yeah, Kirkman taught me so much just about storytelling. So how did that relationship end up? So obviously in 2006, uh, Walking Dead number 27 comes out. It's the first appearance of the governor. Uh, and then 2011 is when The Rise of the Governor is published. Wow. It, it, it is, it's five years. Like how, how, does, how, does, um, how did the relationship, how did this start? How did you start getting connected with Robert Kirkman and making a book about the governor and Woodbury? I mean, I, you know, I get, I get asked that a lot and I have over the years been asked that. And I, and I always wish, you know, I wish I had a more charming, <laughs> um, you know, uh, funny inside sports, you know, show business story because it, it, it really was 
two agents having lunch. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like it's the beginning of a joke, but yes. that's exactly how I got hooked up with Robert Kirkham because, you know, DA, um, David Albert was, you know, his, his manager and, and, and agent and, you know, right-hand man. And he was, he was having a drink with my agent, Andy Cohen and, 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 and DA just said, we're looking for a horror writer. And, you know, that's, I'm, I'm proudly, you know, uh, a horror writer. I mean, that's, that's my, basically, that's what I'm known for. You know, I've written all kinds of books, nonfiction, thrillers, police procedurals and stuff like that. But I mostly I'm known for, it's, that's how I started out. You know, my first book was a Stoker finalist and, and, you know, George Romero signed up to direct the movie version of it. Um, you know, I figured my career would be all downhill from there because it's <laughs> my first book, you know, um, so, you know, Kirkman was looking for a horror writer and Andy Cohen told his manager, well, I actually represent one. His name's Jay Bonsinga, you know, and and they sent sent them my stuff. And there were like four other authors in the in the the ring vying mm -hmm. for that job. And the more I learned about it, the more I wanted it. You know, it was it was like you know, dating Princess Di, you know, it, <laughs> you know, you you heard, you know, Frank Darabont's going to be the showrunner. It's going to be an AMC. And you wait, a zombie mm -hmm. apocalypse on AMC. This is, this is going to be amazing. You know, and I just kept learning more and more stuff about it. And finally, I just told Andy, tell him that I have George Romero's phone number on, you know, my speed dial. Just tell <laughs> him, you know, I know George. I've worked with him. He's a friend of mine. I don't know if that got me the job, but <laughs> I, I wasn't above using anything I could possibly use. <laughs> it's great because it, this book came out, what, right after, basically right after season one? Because season yeah, one of the TV exactly. show was 2010. Exactly. Uh, and so this book came out right around. And, 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 and I'm obviously going to ask some questions that I may know the answer to, but I want some of the listeners to, to maybe hear out of your did they use so they use some plot points and some things in the tv show that were canon out of the book too but how much of your books ended up on the tv show again a great question and i get asked that and you know it i would see permutations sometimes of you know original characters that came from the novels mm -hmm. i would see like the and that's what that was Kirk, another part of kirkman's genius um when the show was in its heyday, he would take characters from other mediums and then, but then change their destiny, change their arc in the show. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if a character survived in the novel, they might die in the show or vice versa. If they died in the, they might. So, you know, there were, um, you know, there, there were uh, several characters and and some of them ended up in video games because it, it, mm -hmm. right around that era, you know, we we were doing the Telltale games and, um, you know, those were amazing with Clementine and you know that was kind of a separate group of characters and stuff. But they all they all sort of intermingling. But the bottom line, this is kind of a long you know um, rambling answer <laughs> to your question. But um, Kirkman loved to just keep the fans on the edge of their seats where they wouldn't know who, who was going to, you know, end up dead, who was going to, what, what was going to, you know, what was going to happen with the character when they were moved from one medium to another. So that, so yeah, they, they, he used um, characters from my book, but 
they were always like twisted and twisted around and it was fascinating just to see his his you know uh process because I, I if people ask and or if people were wondering it's more that this uh novel series of eight books is more canon with the comic books than it is with the tv show because like you said yes. they did adjust things the TV show. That. yeah yes i mean you know i i many times that's all i had to go on were panels that mm -hmm. i was translating you know um and the the governor was a perfect example of something that started in a comic book and it was a certain way in a comic book and then in prose his character you know morphed into something completely different you know because he, i you know i i thought to myself god this guy looks like Danny Trejo on a bad morning. <laughs> yeah, you know? this is the, like, there he is. <laughs> and, and I'm like, and also the first time Rick Grimes meets him, he's like, let me take you on a little tour. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, oh, no, no. I wouldn't go on a tour with that guy. No way. <laughs> you know, but then, but the the guy in a, in the novel became, you know, this tortured, you know, um, uh, almost like multiple personality, you know, and, and I don't, I won't give anything away. I still think it could be a spoiler for some people who haven't read it yet, but there's a twist ending where you find out who the guy really is. And David Morrissey kind of based his performance mm -hmm. on that, on that very thing. He kind of, that was Morrissey's, you know, touchstone his North star was who mm -hmm. this guy really was, you know, and what that would mean to a performance. It was fascinating, man. I mean, and, you know, be, being just being in the middle of this amazing sort of mind meld and hanging out with Morrissey and getting to know him and becoming a friend was so fascinating because, you know, he would he would feed back to me his interpretation of the guy. And, you know, and, and it goes to the heart of what The Walking Dead is about, because he would he would go, you know, this guy doesn't think he's evil. You know, this guy doesn't think he's doing terrible, awful things, even though in the novel, he, he you know, it's just unspeakable horror. Mm -hmm. You know, he he weaponizes rape. I mean, it's really over the top evil. But, you know, Morrissey, the actor, had to find a hum human part of the guy and work with that. And that that part he found was the guy doesn't think he's being evil. He thinks he's just protecting his family you know yeah he's protecting his loved ones he's keeping the town safe you know so it was it was like a, a mythic kind of story how how you know those four books helped create the on-screen character of the governor and this is to me it's funny it's one of the most fascinating villains in the walking dead is the governor and a lot of people would pick i mean negan's unbelievably well written as well i, I think that yeah. Yeah. killed it on negan but but the governor's up there. It's like one A, one B, in my opinion. And and to have this extra storyline that goes along with it. It's like everybody loves the Star Wars. Not everybody, any Star Wars fan out there can really appreciate the the novels and the comic books and the video games and everything that goes along with it. It's just like I was so happy when I stumbled upon, like I mentioned before we started recording, I stumbled upon the first book I ever stumbled upon from you is it, it was Descent. Or was it Descent? Yeah. Descent yeah. at a yard sale, and I saw the book, and I was like, "Walking Dead," and 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 that's not an uncommon title. I feel like there's been movies called that and things called that. Right. It's not like this unique title, but I saw it, and I was like, "This," and then I saw Robert Kirkman's name on there. I'm like, "Wait, hold on a second. And it made me go, "Oh my gosh, there's so much more to this to this universe that could be told." And we're getting that kind of nowadays with the TV shows. You're getting the spinoffs of you know the Daryl Show and all that stuff. But 
let's be honest, the best TV show that we probably, as big Walking Dead fans, to watch would be these eight novels in a right. TV show. And so, like to me, yeah. I'm like, I was just like taking this story of Lily Call and all this other stuff, and and they did, like I said, they they had some of this woven in there, which it has to because it runs parallel to the comic book. There are some things that are woven in, um, but what you don't see after the main characters, your Ricks and those people go away is really, it would be awesome to see another. I mean, it's not too late, right? We can do it now. Let's do it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> cool. From your mouth to God's ear. <laughs> Let's do it. No, but like it, it made me think that like, I love the idea. You started on a really perfect book though, on, on, on one yeah. level, because descent is the origin story for Lily mm-hmm. and, and Woodbury version 2.0, you know, the, the next chapter of the Woodbury saga those four books take you through that, you know, and some of the characters, you know, ended up in, like I said, in video, in, uh, you know, in, in, in video games and, you know, other mediums and stuff. Um, but, but that was another thing about Kirkman's universe and world building. You know, he, he always saw that, you know, you know, I saw, I, I remember one time I had a chance to talk to Elmore Leonard, who's a great novelist and he, and, uh, I just somebody asked him, are you going to do a sequel to, you know, get shorty? Mm-hmm. And he and he said something that kind of has haunted or, you know, it's stuck with me over the years. He goes, yeah, you know, I've always wondered what he's doing out there. I know he's out there. <laughs> and, you know, I wonder I've always wondered what he's up to. Uh, so, yeah, I got I got one in mind. I'm, I'm thinking, you know, and that's that was Kirkman. Like all these characters lived off screen. Mm-hmm panel you know michonne was gone from the comic book for you know months and stuff Mm -hmm. and then you know she it turns out she was at sea she was out on a you know ship and and just that that's that's how his brain worked and it was fascinating you know um he one time he he, i was i was working at his place and he comes in he sees me he goes bonnet's in i got i got i got i got a i got a meeting right now but i'd like to meet with you later this afternoon can you can you um meet with me i'm like of course and and he goes good i'm gonna give you what you want (laughs) he walks out then he walks out and i'm like i'm like for hours (laughs) what is he talking about ruminating and what could it be a raise yes exactly like money <laughs> some of that kirkman money come on <laughs> but it turned it turned out you know he knew that my favorite character was michonne yeah. you know i always talked about her and she she's in the early books um kind of in cameo mm-hmm. you know small you know appearances and stuff in the early books um, but yeah, he goes, yeah, you're, I, I, I want you to work on, on a, you know, be a consultant on a telltale game. Um, that's going to revolve around Michonne. And I was like, this can't be happening. To me. <laughs> just like, you know, pinch me. But let's, let's, I was thinking about it when you're talking about, it. so you have Clementine that was created in the, in the video game as well. And then now Tilly Walden gets an opportunity to uh, illustrate and draw <laughs> or, and write about this character. You have Robert Kirkman, obviously writing all 193 issues of the walking dead. And then you have other people who have worked on video games and things like that. But like, and then it's you like, there's like a handful of people who have had the opportunity to obviously write in written word, uh, 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 these characters. It's, it, it just must feel like you're literally going to go down with this. One of those greatest horror comic comic or horror franchises 
And it's like, okay, you got Robert Kirkman, you got Jay Bonasinga, and you got Tilly Walden now having the opportunity to write these things. And there's obviously, like I said, other people that are involved. Forget the TV show part. Just this side of things. Right. It's like you're, you're in a handful of people who have the opportunity to write these characters. Right. That that's you 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 nailed it. You 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 hit it. You hit the you know nail on the head. I mean, like I, a lot of fans would come up to me at Walker Stalkers yeah. and Comic Cons and stuff, and they'd go, uh, "My my children and I, we just want to thank you <laughs> coming up with this whole world and everything." And I, I for for a long time, I would go, "Oh well, excuse me, I I didn't come up with the world. Yeah. I, you know, I'm I'm just a humble writer." <laughs> it got lucky and you know but after a while you know they just kept saying it and like i, I just I just finally i was like yeah, yeah. it's my pleasure yeah but that's what i do i hope robert bergman's not listening to this yeah, because yeah, well i hope so but no yeah <laughs> um no, I, it's reminds me, my, my, my favorite my robert, wife and i have you know this... i kid <laughs> My wife and I, uh, one of our favorite movies is sadly is the the National Treasure franchise. Like I don't know what's something we bonded over when we first started right, dating. Right. Yeah, and is it is it at the end of is it the end of or the beginning of episode or uh, movie two? Uh, Riley Poole, one of the characters, is sitting at a table signing a signing at like a Barnes and Noble, uh, signing books for his book he wrote about different like you know conspiracy theories and things like that. And someone walks up and is, and, and pretends like he's. Nicholas Cage's character, and he's like, no, 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 I'm not that person. I'm the other person who helped him, and the person walks away. The next person comes up as a very attractive female, and they go, aren't you so-and-so? And he's like, yes, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. Oh, because your car is getting towed. It's like, oh, shit, and you got to go get the car. But like, the funny thing was, like, at some point, you just have to say, it's like I used to manage my brother's band, like sell merch at their table at concerts, and I'd be like, they'd be like, oh, you did a great job on stage, and I'd, I'd say, no, that wasn't me. That was my brother. We have a similar look, but we're not, you know. And then finally, I was just like, "Yep, cool, sounds good." Yeah, yeah, that, that's natural evolution <laughs> of mistaken identity. And someone's <laughs> got a signed CD out there or a T-shirt with my autograph on it, and it has nothing to do with me because I wasn't performing. And they just like, "Can I have your autograph?" I'm like, "Sure, sounds good." <laughs> I mean, that's the thing about The Walking Dead. It, there was I kept, you know, wanting to come up with an analogous. A uh, franchise in in you know in recent in past years, but even Star Wars wasn't really as uh, pervasive mm -hmm. as as The Walking Dead in terms of just multiple mediums all at the same time. Talk about everything at once all at the same time. Yeah. That that was The Walking Dead, you know, mm -hmm. for several years. I mean, the run, um, and it's still you know thriving out there without the the prince, you know, the the the. Um, original mm -hmm. comic book series cool. being put to bed you know one two three four five six so when they re-released the walking dead deluxe uh this is issue 27 there's uh -huh. this is there's six issues that came out because they have different covers like obviously this is like the cover one or the original cover in different mm -hmm. color they have guest artists on here and so on and so forth and then for local comic shop day they did this cool like metallic one and things like that. so there's seven copies I'm a, such a huge Walking Dead fan. I own most of the Walking Dead uh, original comic books. I'm still obviously piecemealing other ones through. Um, right. And I still went out. And I own number 27. It's right behind me. And I still went out to my local comic shop and bought the seven copies of this book because I'm such a big fan. So Robert Kirkman knows what he's doing. He's printing right. money and he's he's using me as a fan <laughs> to make some right. money because these were four bucks a piece. I'm just like, wait, I already own the other one. Why do I need these ones? And why do I need all these covers? Um <laughs> 
so it's still going. It's still thriving in that sense. But yes, I, I was thinking about that when you if you if you think about it. So you're you're uh, releasing a book in 2011. The TV show's on the air. You're mm-hmm. releasing this book with Robert Kirkman. The comic book's still going. Telltale Games are you know there's when the, when people release a Star Wars book now. I had I had a um, Kevin Scott on recently, and he's writing the High Republic books for for Star Wars and Lucas uh, Lucasfilm and. And he's also writing comic books based on them and things like that. But like he's writing characters that were created in the 70s, 80s. Right. And he's writing these right. new stories based on that thing. You were writing like along the time when all this was like happening. Yeah. Yeah. Like this, no, that's really that nobody's ever made that comment before. And that's really astute. I mean, that's very true. There, there was there was a time when they had these Walker Stalker conventions in Atlanta um, and of course, you know, Atlanta and Georgia, the state of Georgia, you know, is where the the show was filmed. Yep. And, and I always thought of it as a Southern Gothic. You know, I I, I thought uh, I always thought of the 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 IP as a as you know a Southern Gothic horror story. You know, horror survival. Mm-hmm. That's that's what Kirkman originally called it is you know um, survival horror. Um, but you know, they would have these conventions in Atlanta. 20,000 people, 25, 30,000 people in its heyday. It was unbelievable. I could not believe, I mean, you know, and just, it was such a treat, like being, you know, like I, it was later in my career. I I had already, you know, written and published, you know, Mm -hmm. 50 books and, and, you know, already had carved out a career for myself, but nothing like this. I mean, I went from, you know, a pathetic little, you know, writer with a tweed, you know, sport coat and, you know, elbow patches, uh, you know, to this like rock star. <laughs> it was unbelievable. You know, it was it was fantastic. I mean, I was pinching myself the whole time. And, you know, um, you know, I mean, I owe it to Kirkman in a way, all to Kirkman. I mean, you know, uh, Robert Block once once uh, the writer of Psycho once dedicated one of his <laughs> dedicated one of his novels at the beginning of it is um, I'd like to dedicate fifteen percent of this book to my agent. <laughs> <laughs> so I I have to you know thank my agents for yeah. hooking me up, but still uh, you know um, yeah it was an amazing experience. I love but how you say that too because especially I'm sorry to interrupt, but yeah. especially the books that I. The, every book that I wrote for for Kirkman was um, an experience in itself, mm-hmm. but especially you know when he handed me the keys to the you know the kingdom and said you come up with the stories and everything, it was it was a dream. It was it was like living it living the dream because I we you know like my wife Jill and I would go to you know uh, uh, a like a superstore like a you know like a um, a Swedish. Uh, box store that shall remain nameless, <laughs> but they have great meatballs. No. Okay, <laughs> well, hard, to, she, hard to pronounce uh, furniture, <laughs> right? Right. But she would like be, hey, this would be a gr- great place to hide out during the zombie apocalypse. <laughs> Multiple floors, bedrooms, <laughs> you know, <laughs> tons of frozen meatballs. Tons of frozen meatballs, exactly. <laughs> So it did end up in in Search and Destroy, one one of of the books. So, yeah. 
it was it was it was an amazing experience. I I just love how you say that the the, the connection to Robert Kirkman owing him. I had Daniel Krauss on who who wrote the Living Dead with co-wrote it with yeah. with Robert yeah. or with George A. Romero, and it, it, same thing. It's him him. Uh, you know, you have him thanking Romero, but also thanking Guillermo del Toro because because of the the connection to he also wrote The Shape of Water and Troll Shape Hunters. With, yeah, and yeah. it's like it's like this thing. And he goes, I already had a career like he had Rotters and a bunch of books come out, and he's like, I was doing fine, same thing. Right. And then it was like, oh my gosh, now I'm in the limelight with The Shape of Water and The Living Dead and so on and so forth. And he's got a new book coming right. out called Whalefall this summer. But yeah, it was just like the connection sometime with that. And, and you want to be your own person. You want to write your own books and make your own name for yourself. But you 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 have that opportunity and, and to be able to partner with someone like who's created a horror franchise like Kirkman is is probably like I said I, I would think that you're still pinching yourself to this day. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I'm sure it. it well, I mean, you know, who knows? But I'm 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 almost positive that it got me the Stan Lee mm-hmm. job. You know, um, it was Stan when you know, like it was a, a strange. You know, it was like sort of a, a strange inversion or a mm-hmm. doppelganger of my experience, you know, with Kirkman in The Walking Dead, um, because, you know, I just got a chance to to meet long distance with, you know, Stan Lee uh-huh. and and, you know, he, he approved me as the writer for this uh, dark kind of weird premise that he had in his drawer that he could never you know he he didn't want to start it as a comic book he wanted to start it as as in prose you know in a novel that was his dream he always wanted to be a novelist you mm-hmm. know um but only a, a few months after we you know just met you know uh long distance he passed away mm-hmm. and i thought that's maybe that's probably the end of that you know this project but no, it was even more interesting to people, you know, it was a legacy project then. And so it's been, you know, com- a completely different experience, but it, 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 I, that's probably how I got approved for that, you know, is my experience with The Walking Dead. That That's, you know, it's a door opener. <laughs> well, just think about <laughs> now, I mean, think about your name is now attached to, like, if it, like if it's going to be like on, on uh, Wikipedia, there's always like for the bands, like a band's Wikipedia, or like, <laughs> a, 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 it says, it says like associated acts. And it says right. like this band was associated with this band with this band. It's gonna right, be right, your right. your Wikipedia that's gonna be associated with Robert Kirkman and Stanley right. and like uh, George you know, George Romero. Like there's gonna be some connections there, and you're like, wow, this guy might be, must be pretty good at writing if these are the people he's connected to. Yeah, I mean, you know, you, you I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not being like falsely modest. But, yes. You know, like I'm, I'm no, I'm not, I'm no Hemingway. You know, like I'm, I'm, I'm just a working, you know mid-list author but <laughs> for some reason though i when i first started working with robert i it, it's just i don't know maybe it maybe it's just sometimes it's it's coincidental sometimes it's fate sometimes it's the universe who knows but you know like i almost had been working toward writing these books my whole career because i i knew instantly they should be written in present tense mm-hmm. Is it, you know, and I'm not a I'm not a comic book, um, you know, aficionado. I, I my the comic books I grew up reading were, you know, Tales from the Crypt. Mm-hmm. They were, you know, creepy comic books. They were horror comic books. That's that's what I really and Frazetta. I like I loved Frank Frazetta. Mm-hmm. And that's that's my background. Um, Bernie Wrightson and everything. But but that 
those were touchstones for the walking dead that's mm-hmm. that really those people influenced the walking dead especially the look of not only the comic but then um you know the show itself you know really created three-dimensional bernie rights and um zombies you know and so like i just hit the ground running i just the the, the first pages i sent were you know present tense in your face you know the here and now because that's i thought that's what a comic book is yes it's closer to a movie you know it's and so i i figured yeah this is what the prose an- analog of that should be and it, it just worked and i i got asked that sometimes why are they in present tense mm. you know and i'm like because that's how a screenplay is written <laughs> <laughs> exactly like it's the, and, and, and for anybody who's listening who hasn't read these books is you don't really you, you reading the comic books or watching the tv show will give you a little bit better of the bigger world that the walking dead or the bigger universe the walking dead is in but that doesn't mean you can read Rise of the Governor all the way to the end. Search was a return to Woodbury in in its own context. You don't have to read a comic book. You don't have to read anything like that. You get enough information in these novels to make it a standalone. Is it add to the comic books? Yes. Does is it? Can you can you read the comic books without the books? Yes. Can you read the books without the comic books? Absolutely. And that's right. the best thing I think about the whole eight eight book series is that it can be its own standalone. Someone who doesn't like comic books doesn't have to read the comic books. Well said. Well said. I wanted to look up. I wanted to give a shout out to, uh, like I mentioned, I read uh, Fred Berman, who wrote, yeah. wrote read your books on 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 uh, Audible and on audiobooks. Amazing which, job! Oh, it made you again another another element of being immersive into the to the world of The Walking Dead is is the voices and the different things that some people just read a book straight ahead, and some people like to do the different inflections in their tones and their voice and things like that. And Fred did a great job on yeah, the audiobooks. Fred, well. Fred has won awards. I mean, I and you know I've. I've told him, you know, you 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 nailed it. You you captured the whole zeitgeist of it. Mm-hmm. You captured the sound, and you know, I, when I did re- readings, I would all, it was I'd read them like this, <laughs> like like Truman Capote. I read them because I, I explained, you know, I used to call it my Ashley Wilkes voice, but, <laughs> but you know, for some reason, I started reading them in public. And they were so gory, and you know, you know the, the you know the spear gun penetrated <laughs> the monster's skull, and brain matter flew out the other side. And I've, I've, you know, the, the gorier it got, the more genteel and <laughs> soft and sweet, like a poetic lyrical voice. It just seemed it, it's the contrast just seemed to work. Yes. So. Every, Every time I did a reading, I would be like, and I'm going to do this in my Ashley Wilkes voice. I apologize. You know, I'm not an actor, but, but you know, it just jibe with it. You just need to bring Fred along with you. <laughs> right. You do a reading, be like, okay, I'm going to sit here. This is a book I wrote, but this guy's going to read it for you. Hold on oh, one second. <laughs> that would be, that would be like heaven. <laughs> Charge tickets for that one. Get a ticket, ticketed event for that one. Um, before I want to move on, I want to get up to the Stan Lee part of this thing too, but like, has there been? I mean, you obviously don't have to tell me if you just if I shouldn't know, but like, has there been discussions of of more Walking Dead novels in the future, not just connected around Woodbury, but just in general? I mean, always okay. there's always discussions of that kind of thing. I mean, they they you know after I uh, fulfilled my contract with them, um, they 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 uh, hired uh, an, a a Chinese American author to do the book set in china to do the typhoon uh, right 
And because, you know, that's, you have a copy of it? Oh, I think so. Hold on. <laughs> wow, you are a completist. You are, uh, there you See? go. And there's also one called, as a comic book, that's called Alien, that right. was based off of what Rick's brother yeah. in Europe, I believe. Yep. I mean, that, and so I get that. I mean, I, you know, and also I, I, I was ready to move on just, you know, just for, for, you know, uh, kind of prosaic mm -hmm. reasons, you know, I just, I, I wanted to get into something else and, and, um, you know, the devil's quintet is kind of, like I said, it's, it's almost like an inversion of the walking dead experience and an inversion of the walking dead comic books, you know, so, yeah. it's, but it's, there's a lot of similarities too. I mean, you know, um, it's, it's Stan Lee in a, you know, in a, in a dark kind of pensive mood. It's really interesting. And that that's, that's what, you know, Stan, Stan was, you know, he, he was, um, he was Jewish, but he was obsessed kind of, I, I think obsessed is a fair word with, you know, God and, you know, the universe. And that's where all of his storytelling, you know, genius came from was mm -hmm. his, you know, his, his um, ruminations and uncertainty about the universe, you know? And so the devil's quintet kind of touched on that to me. It, it really was, you know, something people weren't used to. Um, and that that's the Armageddon Code came out last February? Uh, yes. Yeah. 2022? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And then you have another one coming out I'm called... Sorry, 20, 2021. 21. In, in the winter of 2021. Okay, yeah. Yeah. And the Shadow Society, which is the follow-up of that, comes out this year. Yeah comes out in may may uh and and that's it's better so it says stanley's the same thing with like this one like this is the one that we talked about the typhoon uh walking dead typhoon by wesley shu the the it says the robert kirkman's the walking dead and then yours obviously says the robert kirkman's walking dead on those books and it's this one says stanley's the devil's quintet it's better right. than uh, i want to throw frank miller under the bus here for a second I, I don't know if you've seen any of his comic books that have come out recently it's frank yeah. miller presents frank miller's <laughs> avatar or whatever and i'm just thinking to myself i'm like okay that's a little much you know i mean frank miller presents and you can say the title or, or frank miller's whatever so this is great this would be robert kirkman's the walking dead robert kirkman's typhoon or something like that <laughs> um the same thing so stan lee's the devil devil's quintet the armageddon code was book one book two is shadow society is there more coming from this or is this like yeah, i'm in the middle of uh writing book three okay yeah that's awesome um, it, it it just what's the elevator pitch of what the devil's quintet is well the original premise um as i said was uh something that stan wrote down and it was it reminded me ear in an eerie kind of strange way of the you know 10 to 12 page um you know treatments i would get from robert for the walking dead books it was you know it was it was about you know 10 pages about this um group of navy seals they were they were uh badass you know they it, oddly they were kind of superheroes already they they were like common superheroes with with just you know um human uh superpowers mm -hmm. of being warriors you know they would they were they were uh different genders uh different nationalities it was like a, a little the, a group of five you know a rainbow coalition also reminded me of romero's survivors at the end of his movies you know mm -hmm. it was always like a, 
pregnant woman, an African American man, you know, a gay man. Yeah. That's that's kind of Stan Lee's um, five Navy SEALs, and they became like super undercover, you know, uh, intelligence operatives for the country. But what happens in the story is the origin story is they they get ambushed uh, on a mission, and you know they get thrown in a in a torture chamber, uh, you know, at a warlord's compound in, in you know, this mythical um, Eastern European country that Stan came up with. And they're about to be killed. They're about to be killed on camera, you know, for propaganda. And it's really grim, really grim. And at the height of the horror of that, all the lights go out and the smell of brimstone <laughs> wafts and the devil shows up and the devil's like listen you guys you're about to die um i'll make you a deal i'll get you out of this in fact i'll give you powers beyond your imagination and it's all for a simple freelance job once in a while from time to time i will need you to hunt down a person who has breached a contract I have with them. These piece, people have skipped on me. I just need you to hunt them down, kill them, and then I'll take it from there. I'll damn them to hell. Mm -hmm. and, and so, you know, that's the origin of this five group of superheroes who, you know, they decide, okay, fine. You know, they argue with each other, but they decide, let's do it. Let's take the Faustian bargain but then they decide we you know we don't work for the devil one of the characters this is what sunk the hook into me of the premise one of the characters goes don't we already do this for the government <laughs> we, we hunt down bad people kill them and, and didn't then, you already sell your soul to the government <laughs> right and, and that's that's the first thing that occurred to me when i read the 10 page treatment i'm like this is genius because <laughs> this says a lot about our the world we live in you know uh seal team 6 you know it, it it's it's a it just it really resonated you know so um yeah it was it's just, it's still it is it's an ongoing challenge to make cuz stan's devil was sort of kind of a devil in Daniel Webster. He was kind of a whimsical, you know, devil. And I, like, I, I was like, that's the one thing I, I have to, you know, kind of step in and, um, you know, Kirkmanize this devil and make it realistic and, and, and scary. And so, uh, but you know, I, I'm a lapsed Catholic. That was, it was the easiest part is making the devil scary. <laughs> <laughs> and so you have book one that came out last year and book two comes out this year yeah. and you have you're writing book three is this a, uh, is a trilogy or is it going to go on for as long as you want to there's, or there's going to be four books oh, initially from from mcmillan from mm -hmm. tor um and great publishing house they get it totally get it uh you know a shout out to the editor greg cox who um he knows more about comics and you know um the different mediums and how they feed off each other and everything he's my guru in terms of stan lee and because i because i, I was i would be like well i'm not a stan lee you know um expert i'm not a stan lee uh you know um uh disciple but i know a little bit about stan mm -hmm. lee you know i you know i th always thought that stan lee was the 
co-creator of the flawed superhero in my mind that's yes. that was my own yeah you know, and that that's so you know i'm working with stanley's company which is called pow entertainment yep. and stanley's um partner former partner gil champion and um i i've you know confirmed over the years with them and with gil you know this the, these 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 five navy seals they're flawed they're they have foibles they they're they're screwed up they're they're and they have good hearts but they're they're messed up they have a past they have you know and and that's isn't that stan lee's mm -hmm. gestalt you know isn't that you know and they're like absolutely man absolutely that's stan lee's you know the 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 superhero with doubts and he had to make it five because four was the Fantastic Four. So he couldn't do that. <laughs> right. We gotta do it different than that. It can't be the Fantastic Four. It has to be the Fantastic Five. That's or the so Devil's true. Quintet. <laughs> that's so true. Slightly yeah. different, that's all. Right, right. <laughs> but yeah, so it, it's it's so you got this connection. Like Walking Dead Universe now, you're working in the Stanley universe now. You've right. got many other books uh, out, out there you know the easiest thing to do is to go to uh, amazon you type in one of the book's names and you click on your name and it gives you all the books that you <laughs> you've written or co-written uh, on there so you can purchase those uh obviously we always recommend buying books at your local uh bookstore but you know if whatever you buy a book it helps support the author and the creator so like it doesn't matter where you buy it i have a you know my i have a sort of a favorite bookstore in Chicago called bookends and beginnings. Yeah. And, um, you know, I always try to steer people to bookends and beginnings, look them up because they're, they really are an amazing store. And, and also they're leading a, a charge against Amazon mm -hmm. to try to help indie bookstores, which I totally believe in. We have some great ones in Chicago. There's another one called the bookseller that, um, C E L L A R mm -hmm. that I, I love too. Um, not far from my home. I live on the north side of Chicago. And, um, you know, so does Daniel Krause. Daniel Krause. Yes, he lives, does live in Chicago. Yes. Which is odd. I don't know what it is about Chicago and, you know, horror zombies. writers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Horror. Yeah. Now, Dana's got a new book coming out too this summer called Whalefall, which seems I very interesting. Yeah. And we're working on, uh, you know, something else I can't really mention. There's something else being worked on in the back end of things cool. uh, with Daniel. That's pretty exciting that hopefully cool. at some point we'll be able to talk about, but um, he's a brilliant writer. He's, oh, yeah. I mean, you know, my hat is off to Daniel Krause. He's amazing. One of these days we'll see a, a Chicago people book, but like a zombie book. Yeah. Between, yeah. Right. Yeah, Co-written by Jay, Jay and Dan. There you go. There listening in. <laughs> Get this together. Yeah. Um, and, but and yeah, thought. so the, the local the local bookstores and the same thing with local comic book shops is this exact same thing um you know in most of these places like i usually try to promote my local bookstore the briar patch uh, and i usually before i talk to someone and before i release an episode i reach out to the owner who's a regular on the podcast as well um sadly he recently had a stroke and he's he's, he's recovering from that and so i haven't i haven't been in communication that much with him uh jabron that much uh but usually i try to say hey i'm going to put this out there i'm going to say it's available is it available on your website? Because he has a website that works with a bigger, like a, like a warehouse of independent comp, uh, independent bookstores right. that you can order from him. He gets a portion of that proceeds, but some big warehouse ships it out to you, uh, which is kind of cool. So like you're still buying local and independent, but it, it, you can also order it from a distance. Perfect. And so my guess is that uh, the Walking Dead books, if they're in stock, and the Stan Lee books are available on this website. Right, right. So. Right. 
check that out too. But if you're also, I live in Maine and in the Bangor, Maine area. And if you're in Bangor, Maine area, check out Briar Patch because I'm sure you can get some of these books there as well. Um, but in the end, wherever you buy it and wherever you read it, not that I want to support bigger things is it supports and it, you, you, it helps further the cause of your writing books. So pick up Banger the books. I mean, yes. that, that's horror city America. Stephen King, that's, home of Stephen that's... King. <laughs> Which That's is funny because awesome. I forget who I was talking to. I was talking to Mark Guggenheim and he was like, oh, my ex-girlfriend lives in, used to live in Bangor, Maine or something like that. And I'm like, okay, that's first of all, the weirdest connection to a guest <laughs> I've had on the podcast. Um, but he's written stuff. He wrote the end comic book, Stephen King's adaptation of N uh, and stuff like that too. So there's always these connections in that, in that horror world of, yeah. of Stephen King and uh, uh, Adam Caesar, who's a big, uh, who's a, a horror uh, novelist right now too, also had the uh, love for like the fact that I was in Bangor. It's like, oh, Stephen King, I'm gonna come on up, visit. We've got a convention in the Bangor area, come up. You guys can set up tables at the convention. You can see Stephen King's house. You can see things where it, things from the movie It, where they're based in Derry, Maine. Right, um, we'll, right, we'll do this, right. we'll, do a, we'll do a time where all you guys can come up. We'll do an author's con, how about that? Cool. <laughs> but yeah so uh yeah so the, there's eight books i can read them off there's rise of the governor road the road to woodbury the fall of the governor part one and then part two mm-hmm. descent invasion search and destroy and return to woodbury those are the eight walking dead books um that that you get you an have. a plus you 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 just passed. and that's in that order and also yeah. this this episode will drop on may uh, march 27th so a week from the day we're recording it as well, in between then, I believe the Friday before this is going to be a post to just of, of a how, what, what order to read them in. Because sometimes it can be Perfect. difficult for some people to know that. And so that will be yeah. on the website as well. Uh, but and then, you, you mentioned before, they, they all are standalone books. Yes. Even the first four. Yeah. I mean, because, you know, so the, 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 like I said, the rise of the governor is sort of the, uh, the origin story. Yes. It's, it's, you know, it, and it, and it, and it goes back to the outbreak, the early mm-hmm. days of, of, you know, of the plague and everything. But then the next book, the road to Woodbury is the origin story of Lily call mm-hmm. who, <clears throat> you know, I'm again, you're, you're, you're so uh, erudite with uh, walking dead lore. I'm not telling you anything you don't right. know, but there was this, you know, couple of pages. I mean, yeah. literally, it was maybe, you know, eight panels or whatever. Yeah. At the height of the of the 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 battle between the forces of the governor and mm-hmm. the forces of, you know, Rick Grimes. Yeah. And uh, you know, spoiler alert. But this is for <laughs> you know by now. This is like <laughs> a long enough ago. Yes. Yeah. Ancient <laughs> history. But there's there was this woman who just popped yeah. up, yep. and she's. She's, you know, she's she's firing and shooting and she's working for, you know, she's one of the governor's thugs. And she, I'll, I'll, I won't give away everything that happens, but she does something and mm-hmm. she's ashamed and, you know, guilty. And she turns to the governor and goes, look what you just made me do. do. Yeah. And then she just aims her rifle at the governor and people are like, Lily, that's the first <laughs> your name. Lily, don't. No, Lily, don't do it. And she's gonna, you know, gonna kill the governor and everything. I'll leave it at that. But that's she was in like, you know, at, at the end of that scene, 
you know, maybe eight, 10 panels. She goes, everybody come with me if you want to survive. And she just leads them off. Mm -hmm. And that's the last, See her. The last, you know, mention of Lily. She doesn't even have a last name. Mm -hmm. That's the last mention of Lily in the comic book. And, you know, it was Kirkman's idea. He's, he's like, take her and, you know, give her a life and, and give her, you know, a, a, a story cycle and everything. And it was just, like I said, it was a dream project for an author because you could, you just took those panels and studied them. And I just stared at them and stared at her and, you know, I started giving her a backstory mm -hmm. and everything. So that's the second book, Road to Woodbury. You see her backstory, you know, and it's 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 a fascinating backstory. All all these characters, you know, when I first learned how to write when I was a kid, you know, one of the first things I learned, I don't I I wish I could remember the teacher that said it, but it, but it was, you know, like in middle school, one of my teachers said the key to storytelling is to have a character change. Like I, that, that just stuck with me my whole life. Like, you know, and that's where a character arc comes in, mm. you know, and, and Kirkman was a genius at that. His characters all had these dramatic arcs where they began one, you know, Lily Call is just like helpless. Yes. She's a little helpless sparrow at the beginning of Road to Woodbury, you know, and she, you know, she evolves into a badass warrior, you know, and so that it was, you know, it was an amazing, um, you know, uh, experiment in medium translation and and just starting from scratch in in a world that someone else built, and and you know, it, it, that's 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 the that that's the most exciting thing I've ever encountered in my career, is that taking Lily Call, give her I gave her the name Call because uh, C A U L is an old archaic word for the placenta that surrounds an, you know, an embryo. Um, and I, and I thought, you know, she's being born. Mm -hmm. She's being born. The, uh, names have always been really important to me. Um, so I had to give these people names because in comic books, you know, oftentimes they just have first names like they do in movies. Mm -hmm. in movies they, they oftentimes just have first names. But in, in novels, you know, they not a novel is a deeper dive into just, you know, the pedigree of a person, the background, the internal life of a person. So yeah. And you and you visually can see if you don't know who's you can actually see this is who it is. A first name is all you need, but really when you're looking at a comic book, you're seeing this one person and I can understand who that is throughout the next panels. Where a book, you kind of right. need more 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 background on that. And and Creating that's my biggest thing about these 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 parallel universe, parallel stories. I should say, same universe thing is that there is characters that we fall in love with, or or wonder who this person is, or where they went, and maybe you didn't even realize you un didn't know where they went. Like maybe you maybe you read the books, and then you go back and read the comic books again. And you're like, wait, this is this panel where she just walks away, and we don't really hear from Lily again. And that mentioning of you writing these books at the same time. The comic book was coming out you obviously had places you could go and could people you could talk about and not talk about because you didn't want to ruin the rest of the comic book but kirkman knew okay lily is done you can touch lily you can have lily do all the stuff with lily because i'm not right. gonna do anything else with her and that's the that's the cool thing about that and having a character you can it right well pops said. into the universe and then pops right out of it and then you can just go with right. it it's like 
it's like a little thread that connects them. But like I said, that makes it perfect also because people can read the books and not need to worry about the comic books or the opposite. Because, I mean, right now as it sits, the comic books are a little bit easier accessible because you can get the deluxe version and still read them or the trade paperbacks or things like that. But you're not going to go out and just pick up uh, Walking Dead number 27, the first appearance of the governor on the shelf somewhere. You're gonna have to pay a pretty penny for that because that's that's a first appearance. It's like right. a key comic book and things like that. So, <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So like, yeah. if you even if you like separate it into you know part one is Rise of the Governor, Robert Woodbury, Fall, and one and two, and then you have right. part two would be Descent, Evasion, Desertion, and, and Return to Woodbury. And so, even if you wanted to read one part and not the other part, or so on and so forth, I recommend reading them all. They're easy reads. They're great. If you're a big Walking Dead fan, this is just another part you can get in there. If you've read all the issues and you want some more, I've now read The Walking Dead way more than I probably would be willing to admit. Uh, and I was mentioning before we recorded that I need to go back and listen to all these again because I listened to them in an audiobook. I actually even haven't even started reading uh, There's The Walking Dead Typhoon from Daniel uh, from Wesley Cho. Chu. Uh, I should read that. I have read Alien. That was a great book. There's this one, like I have a hardcover of it, I think, a hard trade of it uh, that uh i read that is pretty cool it's like that overseas thing and i think that's what they're kind of doing with 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 um daryl's character in this right. tv show they're kind of like bringing him over to europe i believe and doing something with him like a six issue six episode thing but i think they, like i said i think most walking dead fans would love to just see a six episode mini series of one of these books <laughs> you know what i mean like i just think that there are people fans of that would like it just want you don't have to do like a 11 season thing just right. do a one mini series now they're doing these mini series and one of them would be great to go back and bring back some of the people that potentially play these characters or versions of these characters and do a story off to the side with these i think I would. and be... you remind me of my wife <laughs> well i'm my also wife... trying to make you some money here jay okay Thank you. my <laughs> wife chill is is the only person i've heard that sells that well you know yeah yeah uh i have two you know two boys and you know college age yeah. boys so you know buy early and buy often <laughs> <laughs> i was just thinking to myself i'm like it's it, it's we we're watching it's we're in a world that we're watching the mandalorian and we're watching book of boba fett and, and these ahsoka's tv shows that are based on characters that were or spots in the uh, star wars universe that happened years ago in our in our lifetimes and doesn't mean that the walking dead can't be like that not that when people are going to be pissed me off be pissed off that i'm saying the walking dead is equal to star wars obviously they're two right. different animals people like it's not the same but right. but the walking dead has such a great following that right. i do think totally that right. they would get a streaming yeah. service or amc to do a six or three or even one of those anthology series that did like an episode on right. some story that came out of one of these eight books because I think people who are Walking Dead fans would love it. I think that's yeah. my personal opinion, and I'm trying to make you some money. I'm trying Thank to get you. me to have more things to watch on TV, even though there's not enough things to watch on TV. We'll we'll, we'll negotiate your percentage. <laughs> yes, exactly. No, all I want is when this happens, I want you to come back on and talk about this and be like, "See, we had this yeah, discussion." Right. <laughs> no, but but also Stan Lee's books are, are are you know I haven't got a chance to read them. There's just so much, and this is nothing against, obviously nothing against you. I just, there's just so much to read and I did, but they're on my list uh, to read the Whoa. first one. And I, I want to read the second one when it comes out. And so get those two Stan Lee's, the devil's quintet. It's the Armageddon code is the one that's available now. And then the shadow society comes out in May on May 9th. I think it said, yes, May yeah. 9th. Yeah. And you are on Instagram, the letter J yeah. 
Bonasinga yep. at, Insta, uh, at that. And then it's confusing because you're on Twitter as the word J, <laughs> the, the name J, J-A-Y, right. Bonasinga. And then you're jbonasinga.com, right? Thank you. Yes. Do all Correct. that stuff. Buy all of his books. <laughs> say say nice things on the reviews. Thank you, man. All those things. <laughs> well, I tell people, I feel like a broken record when I tell people that are on the podcast. I'm like, because I run this thing myself and I have another a co-founder of the website and the podcast that occasionally comes on and, and, and helps in the back end and stuff like that. But we make our own decision on who we have on here. Like we, we, we reach out, we don't have someone up above us. We don't have Spotify being like, you need this person and this person's promoting something. And, you know, and so when I reach out to someone, I'm like, I'm going to reach out to you because I am a fan of the work you do or the stuff that you've done. And so never am I ever going to be like, so why did you do it this way? Because I enjoyed it. So when I start at the end of the podcast, wrapping things up, be like buy their stuff. I'm saying this because I'm actually saying that. I'm not saying this because I'm trying to make make the uh, guest happy. I do believe in the stuff that we promote on here. So awesome, man. check you. all the stuff out that you're doing. You're doing a great job. And hopefully there's more uh, uh, for personal selfishness. There's more Walking Dead coming from the from your fingertips on the typewriter. Typewriter? Well, you. I hope you're using a computer, not a typewriter. <laughs> <laughs> I would use a typewriter if I could get away with it. <laughs> I think uh, you... Make some people mad around you if you hear clack, 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 clack. Right. <laughs> you just bring it into a Starbucks and put a, <laughs> put a typewriter on a table and start, I'm writing a book. Don't worry. Clack, 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 clack. Then, no. I still, I mean, I, you know, I'm, I'm a boomer. I, I, I still have to read everything. I, all of my work, I have to read on paper. I have to print it out and read it on paper just to understand whether it's working or not. That's my medium. That's, I grew up, you know, without the internet i grew up <laughs> without laptops i grew up you know everything was on paper and you know that's my happy place <laughs> See, i like the audiobooks and i like I, I read my comic books mostly digitally well there's two reasons to that one is i get advanced copies that are pdf so i have to read them digitally right. and the second reason is my wife goes to bed about 30 minutes 45 minutes before I do, but I like to go into bed the same time. And so I have my iPad and it's backlit. So you can actually see in the dark. And so reading it digitally makes a lot more sense. I am also just a completionist and a collectionist and a hoarder to the point where I need it also in physical print. So I usually own it like in audio format, digital format and in print right. format. And she's like, you probably will never open that book. I'm like, yeah, but if someone ever wants to read it, I can let them borrow it or I can right. give it to them or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, you're crazy. Um, but yeah, so check out all, Jay on social media. Just You can obviously just search on social media uh, uh, for Jay Bonasinga and you it will come up uh, by your books uh, for sure. Anything else you have coming up in the future, near future, you wanted to tell people about? Or is it just this new book coming out on February, May 9th? Well, I mean, you know, I'll just uh, give a little sh shout out uh, to uh, a showrunner named Craig Tightly who um, is the showrunner of um, Marvel's um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Mm -hmm. And um, he has fallen in love with the Devil's Quintet, as I have, you know. And um, he and my uh, agent and manager, Andy Cohen, are um, shepherding the a, a series pitch now around taking it around and, and setting up. They, they believe they're going to set this up um you know a series a limited series based on the devil's quintet and that's what i'm really excited about i'm probably not even supposed to talk about it but you know for you for you it's it's a little you know gesture <laughs> gesture of goodwill 
<laughs> I uh, I forget who was was it Mark who was I talking to recently? I was talking to oh it comes out this week. Uh, uh, Dan Panosian, who's a comic book writer and artist, and he I was like yeah hey, yeah and your your comic book Alice Ever After was renewed for a second volume, and he goes it has. I go <laughs> why? He goes oh I didn't know if I was supposed to talk about that. I'm like two weeks ago your publisher posted something online, so I feel like we're okay to talk about that. Right, right. Goes, oh cool yeah so we're doing this uh, second volume. I'm like. <laughs> I'm like, well, I felt like you do enough interviews that someone would have brought this up to you. And he's like, nope, no one did. No, I'm like, cool. We're the last to learn about these things. <laughs> well, I listen to a bunch of different podcasts that deal with current event things. And they're always like, I think I could talk about this. And then like turn over to their computer and they're like Googling it to see if it's up on the internet somewhere. And like, yep, someone else posted about that. So I had this coming out and I'm like, oh, that's the world we live in. That you, There's so much access to you that people want to know about things and sometimes right. you don't know what you can and cannot actually say. Right. Right. Uh, right. But right. I, I'd be like, I said, I'm looking forward to anything related to uh, uh, Stanley has been a big, I mean, I have Stanley. It's hard to see people. I have Stanley oh, on my arm. So cool. That's uh, awesome. and so Stanley has been obviously a huge, I've been a Marvel comic book fan since I was young and I was a bad at reading when I was young. So comic books were what got me into it and his world creating right. and all that stuff. So yeah. Stanley has meant a lot to me too. And so, books that he has come from the beginning stages have come from his uh his wonderful mind is worth reading so i'm looking forward to that and so on and cool. so forth on that too so also cool. watching tv's a big fan i'm a big fan of watching tv so a limited series would be huge <laughs> <laughs> but i really appreciate you coming on chatting with us uh and, and, and taking your morning to do this I, My you know, pleasure. My best pleasure. of luck to anything else you got going on good luck the rest of your your day and, and forever uh you know all those good things so Appreciate it, man. Thank you.